0: The young people that stay behind had personal grievance with the police and how they've been treated. And they were addressing that with the police in a nonviolent way. It wasn't, they didn't start out throwing rocks or anything, which again, the question is, where the where did these rocks disappear from out the blue? That's, that's one question.
1: This is Wine, Women, and Revolution with your host, Heather Warburton. Hi, and welcome to Wine, Women, and Revolution. I'm your host, Heather Warburton. You may remember, um, it's probably going to be a couple weeks ago now, that we did a live stream from the Asbury Park Justice for George Floyd, and it was a really great event. So I'm so happy today to have with me one of the organizers from that event. Uh, Not only did she organize that event, she's the president of the Monmouth Ocean County National Action Network, the head of the Asbury Park, or head of education for Asbury Park Neptune NAACP, an affiliate of Black Lives Matter, a member of the New Jersey pan-african chamber of commerce and a former board of education member which is a lot of things already welcome to the show felicia simmons
0: hello heather thank you for having me
1: how are you doing are today
0: i'm pretty good i'm pretty good always on this side of the um, ground is always
1: blessed Absolutely. So we were lucky enough to be able to live stream from your event that you are one of the organizers for. Uh, I guess for about two hours, we had people there. And you really had some amazing speakers. And the event was just really amazing. I couldn't believe the turnout. I had no idea what to expect when we were talking to people. Like, I don't know, could it be 50 people? It could be 1000s. We had no idea what to expect. So I thought it was an amazing turnout you guys had.
0: Um, thank you. Um, we didn't expect that either. We're um, we thinking maybe a thousand. We're we like excited for the thousand. You know, if I was playing maybe 30. You never really know. But now the numbers are coming back closer to 10, close to 10,000 people that
1: were wow. there. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't think you could tell from where we were, you know, in the very front where we had the camera set up, like it was just a wall of people and you had no idea how far it went back.
0: Not at all. And when you're in the midst of running around, making sure everything is flowing, you don't have time to really look out into the crowd. But when later you get to sit back and watch pictures, my friend did a drone and he had aerial and still could not capture all the people that were there from miles up. We could not capture all the people that were there. And I'm just, um, I'm overwhelmed, and we're overwhelmed at um, the turnout and people who wanted to come and just celebrate his life but also come with a purpose. So we're excited about that.
1: So obviously you were pretty happy with how the event turned out, right? You were uh, fairly... I'm I'm
0: over the moon about how the event turned out. Um, Just the energy that was flowing from the place. Um, All of the speakers were phenomenal actually even before the speakers all of the people who brought it together were phenomenal i call it like the perfect storm we had um, all parts of our community together working towards one accord and we did it in a few days and um, i want to say thank you heather for live streaming it um to make sure that we had it for you know prosperity and forever and i want to say thank you um to you and your support Uh, But just everything from um, Caitlin to um, Dwayne and Daryl and Randy and Lorraine and um, Allison and Ketsia and Kenya and Mr. Martell and um, Reginald Martell um, and uh, Pastor Talusa to the Bishop of the Methodist Church, who everybody knows the Methodist Church has been a very um, racist and sexist um and homophobic entity um throughout history. So to have the bishop there wanting to talk about unity, that that is that that's knock you on your tail kind of um change right there. Absolutely. So um uh, having all of them there um and having on one accord was just um soul healing, soul healing.
1: Did we ever hear anything more about the, there were a few people because eventually near the end of the evening after curfew, the cops kind of rolled in with the SWAT gear and arrested a few people. Did all of those people get released? Did we have any follow-up with got, those people? They all
0: got released within hours, um, detained. So I wouldn't even say arrested, detained okay. within hours. And I'm just just on that accord, if, if you want to take something down or not. So at the end of the night, after coming off with of such a high- I sat back and watched these things on live, right? Facebook lives of people. And I went to sleep heartbroken, not knowing what to expect when I awoke, right? And um, to find out about Gustavo, the the um, the reporter for the press that got arrested and detained, um, to some of my son's friends he actually played and went to play football with and was in school with. Um, getting detained and arrested and literally getting that on tape, seeing that live. Um, I'm just, I'm in, I'm hurt because it could have been handled in another way. To enforce a curfew when people, first, we've been in a house for three months, just about three months, um, trapped in our houses. Then to come out on such an emotional place to be called out, under the death of Mr. Floyd. And the hurt, the young people that stayed behind had personal grievance with the police and how they've been treated. And they were addressing that with the police in a nonviolent way. It wasn't, they didn't start out throwing rocks or anything, which again, the question is, where Well, did these rocks disappear from out the blue? That's, that's one question, right? Because I kind of know the area, there's no kind of rocks over there unless you get to the train tracks. And then there's like little pieces of gravel. But what I hear is there are a pile of rocks on the corner by the Saint, and um, which is a, night, a little bar nightclub. And I'm like, where did they just appear? In the middle of town? Come on, right? But even more so, these are young people who don't have the tools to articulate their emotions. Now, the police officers hold guns. They take training, they get paid very well right, specifically Asbury police officers, which are one of the most highest paid in the county, right? right? Um, they have the responsibility. The children do not, right? And they should understand. And then even to call in the cops and where they got the police officers from. Under the new Jersey, NewJersey.com study about over-policing and use of force in black, in, on black and brown and white comparison to white, um, they got them from the Zach towns who scored 400% higher uses of forces, 300%, 200% higher uses of force on minorities than anyone else. To go, That's who you send out a call for, to, for help from? Nipping at the bud to walk down the street and show, look, I'm the Army. You're not the Army. You're protect and serve. You're our servants. You're not our occupiers.
1: Exactly. And- Thank you.
0: Okay, you had to stop me, Heather, because I'm
1: chatty. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. And I think it's such an obvious th- what they were looking to do. My partner, who was there live streaming, was very challenging to the cops. Let's put it nicely, you know. He was definitely <laughs> in their face and like, you know, who's in charge here? Why do you guys have guns? Nothing happened to him. They just stood there because he's a white guy, you know. Stood there and smiled at him, you know. Exactly.
0: But the Gustavo,
1: who is a, a, brown, a
0: brown, a young brown person right, um, couldn't possibly be real press, couldn't possibly be there to do a job. That is, the, that is the problem, right, and that is the systemic problem that we deal with here on a regular basis, a regular basis, and it, it's hurtful and offensive, very hurtful and offensive. It's something that we deal with here. We, we deal with, um, like, Reverend Nicole, I think you met her, you might have with Jen, um, her, her cousin was coming home from work riding a bike. He didn't have a light on his bike. The cops stopped him. Instead of saying, you know, get home, you know, get on your bike, you know, get on your bike, you know, go home, which you don't have a light, maybe even just give a ticket. They beat him. They beat him and threw him and arrested him. Look, it is completely, and this is just a young peaceful, didn't have any, even if he did have a record, this was just a young brown boy coming home from work trying to do the right thing. And the police over-policing and brutality could have could have truly hurt him. They just gave him a concussion and, and bruised up his face, but it could have ended in a much uglier way.
1: Oh, absolutely. And this was somebody not having a light on their bike. Like we make a choice in society. We could have somebody come out and put a light on somebody's bike for them, or we can choose to do what's happening like here. And it's insane that we think this is somehow safety. No, this is not safety. This is an occupying force looking to hurt people.
0: And and, and that's what it is. It's occupying. It's, it's actually the muscle arm of an occupying force. We have to understand what the police force is. It's to, and it seems like, oh, well, they're only out protecting stores and other things, but that's what they're here. They're there to protect, not you, not me, under the old system, the current system, not you or me, but the stores and property and the economic growth. And to make sure that there is a ruling class and a non-ruling class. And people get dismayed in thinking that it's it's color. That's how they distract us, by you versus me, right? And we get caught up in those things. But in all honesty, it's economics. And it's a, a, a wealthy, not even one person, it's a point, point 0.001% that, that controls everything and it controls a society that keeps us in suppressed and we when we value and the store and how to make sure that the economic part of us isn't crushed right we, and we devalue the person right the, that's when we, we our whole american dream is just completely offset and it's not two cars Um, And in a house, it should be honoring our neighbor and our people and making sure that everybody is able to do whatever they feel is honoring to the society. And we just don't do that.
1: Right. That was so well said. Thank you for that. But we do need to get into what we actually wanted to talk about today. This was kind of just an intro that while George Floyd thankfully got a lot of national attention to expose some of these systemic racist police force, something happened right here in New Jersey, right? Like, was it two days before George Floyd? Two days. Two days before
0: George Floyd, and actually, um, as you might know, that we were talking about before the rally, this is before we, before George Floyd, before the rally, we were talking about Marcus um, Gordon, Mm -hmm. right? Um, At the time, I I knew right away, because just my connections in the different uh, social justice um, platforms, but they were, there was no transparency. No one knew exactly what happened. We knew that a young black man got shot on the parkway. Other than that, there was nothing else. Um, They put that out because of um, the Attorney General's policy on reporting right away whenever there's an incident of shootings from police officers. Um, So within 24 hours, that was up, but no information. So um, with your help and others' help, we started calling the um, prosecutor's office, I mean the AG's office, just asking for transparency. So since then, since the days, actually it'll be 20 days, um, a few days ago, the story in the tape had cut out. Not just the chattering of what was happening, because we heard he was stopped five times on a parkway on, on his route. Um he was, he was shot even though he was his car was broken down and he was waiting um, with the police officer. So we heard all these crazy things coming up through the woodwork and we're like, what in the hell? is going on, right? Um, because it is not adding up. Exactly. So, What happened was a man was suffering from a mental health issues, was allowed to travel. And, and I say allowed because cops have responsibilities, right? Even though the, the officer who wind up shooting him, um, Mr. Gordon was from England and they don't carry guns in traffic over there, right? And so when he had a snap, he got into a tussle with the officer, and actually jumped on his back. And the officer discharged his gun uh, five times, four of them hitting Mr. Gordon. And that was a tragedy. It was a tragedy for the trooper that that pulled the that pulled the trigger, and it's a definitely tragedy for Mr. Gordon who lost his life um but there is no but it's all the tragedy um even though it seemed justified because after people that i know have seen the tape which at this point we can open the tape to be um released publicly um it was self-defense ish i don't believe you know taser whatever i think the problem that we have these guns is you shoot people with guns and there's no other choice but to shoot people. So when you, when you unload, you, you're looking to, to kill, but the tragedy was the fact that he was stopped four times going over a hundred miles an hour down the parkway. And no one noticed that this man is in the midst of a mental health crisis being, being asked the first time, where are you going to the end of the game? It was his answer. Right. They gave him a sobriety test cause they thought maybe he was high or intoxicated. They said, well, they didn't find any alcohol and they didn't find any drugs. So just let him go. No, this man is having a mental health issue on the parkway. And after the second time being stopped at Oak oh, driving over hundred miles an hour, none of those officers said, let me hold him for a while. Let me call it ambulance because he is not well, right? We, we talk about over-policing, but we have a problem. We have over-policing when it comes to property value and, and things and in areas that they don't want people to do and to force racial segregation. But you don't have the proper policing or watching when it comes to the health of the citizens. I think they're this I think they completely are off the mark with the old system and the current system on how to protect and serve.
1: And right. that, having that, mental health issues is not a crime and we need to be funding and finding ways instead of just sending a thug with a gun and who's looking to, you know, do whatever against these people that are having mental health issues who really need somebody to help them. And that's who we need to be funding. And th- this guy and should have never been even been an, in interacting with a police officer. He should have had a counselor. Exactly. And in this note, so in my town here, we've also had where
0: there was a gentleman, this happened, I want to say, last year, um, a police shooting where he died. They called saying he was having a mental health Um, issue. They knew when they went, he was having a mental health issue. When they knocked on his door and I guess he charged with a knife or something like that, they shot and killed him. They knew he was having a mental health issue, right? They were called because of that. How is a person supposed to feel safe calling the cops? And this is the first, this has happened in Asbury, but this has happened all over the country where people have called seeking help and in the end, seeing corpses. And, and, and we have to change, we, we have to change the system. We have to make it better for everyone and um, equally better and just for everyone. Mental health, racial disparities, we all need to address those things. Economic disparities, because in towns where there's not a lot of diversity, there's still an over-policing of the people who don't have, right? The have and the have-nots. So we have to do something um, about that. and um, And we have to do it now.
1: So do you have any resources that you'd like to direct people to to read about what kind of uh, things have been outlined, what kind of policy steps we need to make and be pushing for and where we need to be applying pressure to get these changes?
0: So um, this is interesting for me to say. So there's tons online about getting active. I say get active with any local um, um, organizations um, say in my area you can reach out through our page and we'll push you to um, or direct you to um, the different um, avenues that are working and, and get you active but also the attorney general who is not is you know it's known in the circles that I, I kind of have a little crush just a, t- a teeny bit right <laughs> a teeny bit Mr. Garland, for off. and that's because um, his progressiveness um, even back when he was a prosecutor, he made his prosecutors, lead prosecutors in the county he came from, it's slipping my head, he made his prosecutors spend a day in jail so they know where they are sentencing people to. Um, some of his initiatives are um, awesome, licensing for police officers, right? To get a license you know just like if you're a cosmetologist and you get too many um, you know notes on your cosmic, um, on your um license they take the license away and that and that doesn't mean you can go to the next town and get another job right like the police officer here you get fired from one time you move to the other town if you have a license and your license get pulled then you can't get employed anywhere right you can't get employed anywhere and also he has this initiative that he is um He is piloting around the state about training for de-escalation and mental health checks, right? This is something he did before Floyd. This is when he first got in there. So you know he's not too well liked in the the, the, the back rooms, right? Then there's also about funding things that actually work, right? There's, There's grants out there that actually are just ways to waste money. Um, there are ways to, in my town, there's 150 nonprofits at 1.4 square miles, right? And they actually don't translate well to the street. They don't translate to homegrown initiatives, right? Because there's no cookie cutter uh, answer to any one person's community, right? Each person, each town, each municipality has its own unique set of ills, right? But the cure of it is actually empowering the people that are suffering from the ills, right? It's not um, telling someone from another neighborhood to come in and listen to a person, which is great to listen. But after you listen, because we've had enough meetings, we've taken enough surveys, we've done enough data analysis, we've done those things for the last 50 so years, right? It's time to to truly enact these things that we already know are the cures. And we know the cures by empowerment and employment, right? Economic justice, right? Um, um, social justice, mental health issues, we, health issues, right? And and not by a occupying sense, but an empowering ground um, grassroots up, um, effort.
1: Yeah, I mean, this doesn't seem complicated that a community knows what it needs. Like this doesn't seem like an outrageous thing that we're saying here, that maybe a community, you know, should listen to a community and act on what the community says it wants.
0: And and you think it outrageous, but some of uh, my counterparts, the ones that you know, um, Caitlin, um, got tons of pressure for even walking across the aisle and and, and working with us and working together with us. Um, And that's happened a lot, right? Even, you know, you have to have a vilified um, group. And right now it's the black group. We're vilified, we're scary, we're all those things. And anyone who... Figures out that that is nonsense, right? It's slapped for stepping out of line. They're vilified, demonized, worse, or it's just as much, right, as um, the crew that you know that they're going to work with. And we have to stop that. We can't continue to allow this to happen, right? We can't continue to sacrifice uh, or have people sacrifice for um, the greater good, it's time for the community. And I put all onks back onto us, right? It's it's our responsibility to kind of wrap up people that are supporting us in a movement and move it forward, right, it it's it is, I've been where Kaylin was, right? I, I know what it's like to be sitting in a room in front of the FBI and the head of the state prosecutors. Right, I battled for three years for registering brown people to vote in a city that is um, predominantly brown. Right, um, I've been through all of that, and my, my teenage son also. And it's a hard place to be, but if that's somewhere you want, that you need to be for a change to happen, and we have to make sure we support people who actually are supporting good change.
1: Yeah, and... Because of when I was live streaming on your page, I had to be made an admin of the page while I was doing the live stream. And I saw some of the comments that were coming in while I was adminning the page for those like two hours. And it was disgusting the kinds of things people were saying. Now, you know, and I didn't have the patience to engage them. I was just deleting them as they were coming in because I didn't want them on the live stream. But just the kind of things that people were saying about a group of people getting together to organize this protest was it was disgusting and it's so frustrating to see that kind of thing, but I don't really want to give them any more, you know, time on this. So I want to talk about the good stuff that's being done. Well, mm.
0: As we've seen on that day, there 10,000 people out there that said something different and we can choose and we all get caught up because you know, even afterwards I have people who like to run around town and say all kind of nasty things. Right. Um, Felicia just likes to be in front of the camera. Right, Felicia, all that, which, you know, sometimes I do, but most of the time I'm an introvert, right? I'm an extrovert, introvert, right? When I'm in people, I love people so much, right, when I'm out. But then there's times I have to sit back for two weeks into my little hole and recharge um, just on the amount of energy. And um, just on, if you dwell on that, that bit of hate, you miss all that love that was out there too. And I think even for the ones who couldn't hear what we were saying, They were loving and in peace, and that's the only way that that day came to be the the wonderful day it was, Um, that everybody came out there with the energy of love and we set that tone, and I will be forever um, in awe of um, that event. And how far the did the people
1: end up marching? Because we stayed with the live stream. You know, we did a little quick turn away with the people marching and then came back to the speakers. How far did people end up marching that day?
0: They marched to Neptune. They marched like I one of the people came on my on the page later and said they marched five and a half miles. Wow. They marched to Riley Beach. They marched to Neptune. That's how you know a lot of the people marching weren't from town uh, because, because they didn't realize how teeny our city really is. And um, they were they were on the cusp. They, they marched for five and a half miles. I heard they were in Neptune City. Wow. Right? They were just going. And, and that's love. You're breaking all the yokes and the curses and the stigma. And to do it in love and to do it that broad and that big. Because there were thousands of people marching too. Right? To do it that big and peaceful. And you come into a town and the town is spotless the next day. Because right? we, we weren't just mindful that we, not to, to, to give love, but we're mindful to clean up after ourselves, too. Right, Because we didn't want any, any. The only price they spent that day the city did was on all that law enforcement they had and the snipers on the roofs and all the military that they called in.
1: Yeah, that was just unbelievable. How many like the SWAT team just rolling in near the end once a lot of people had gone home, you know, they had their moment. Be,
0: like, the purpose of that is what? Right For 50 people for what? To justify the fact that you have SWAT teams in armor, ready, waiting since like my first call of seeing somebody in in ride gear was at one something in the afternoon. Right. You know, it really, really. It was, it was, I understand the, 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 the angst of people, you know, the, the nervousness, but then that's part of the problem. Why are you so nervous?
1: Yeah, I don't right. understand. I'm not going to, you know, defend them. They had no, no reason I to be that scared. The riot earlier,
0: and the, the fake calls in, you know, there are fake calls in with threats and everything, which they couldn't see was propaganda, right? So, in the end, um you know, I know you the justification ain't the fact that it's right. It's this, I know that you're scared of me, right? I know you see my brown skin and you're scared of me your issue is the fact that you see my brown skin and you're scared of me i just know that i'm scared of you too right because you have a gun right but you have a higher obligation than i do because you're sworn to protect so you really need to do something with your fear or you need to find another
1: job it's really that simple yep exactly it's they should not be people that are that scared. I mean, there's plenty of people that deal with people with mental health issues without shooting them. Plenty of people that deal with whatever drug people that are having drug issues without shooting them. Why mm. are cops so afraid of everyone and everything that their first instinct is I've got to get this gun out and kill this unarmed person? And that seems like it happens way too often
0: way too often and um it's the it seems to be the justified way of um of hurt right just with just george right um this man was crying for i and honestly i just seen a glimpse at the end i could not watch the whole tape um he was crying for help and instead of saying let me stand up since you're already you know on the ground um, I'm going to stay here, right? right? I'm going to stay here. And it's even more so there was right after the um, pandemic was put in and the curfews and the social distancing in New York, there was a whole nother, um thing where they, the person didn't die, but he was beat. i seen the tape where they slammed it to the ground and they put the knees all in their back and understand why you're cuffed already. Why do you feel you have to talk you know to to beat someone down? How dare they challenge you? Even if they did swing or hit, you are a trained military. Take it and walk away. Then we all get to live, right? Check your pride and ego at the door. Right? And that's that's another cure. We need to do mental health checks on these officers, right? On a regular basis. To take this job, if you put a gun in the hand of somebody who has these kind of mental health, ego issues, narcissistic tendencies, God complexes, then we are, we are sitting there, setting our culture up for failure. And that's exactly what we've done, right? How dare you speak back to me? I've seen a cop put his hand on his gun because a kid yelled at him, shut up. If you can't take that challenge to your ego, you don't need to be in a protect and serve kind of situation. At all, at all. Yep. And I think that's what we're suffering from right now. We've reached, we reached boiling point.
1: Hopefully, out of all this, some reforms will come. That's, you know, the goal, that all of this is for a reason. And it's going to take everyone that's listening to come together and fight for those reforms. Because we're asking to change the status quo. That's what we're asking here, is that this cannot be allowed to happen for one more day. And we need people to get behind the reforms that these communities are asking for and support them and help them. It's the only way we get out of this.
0: And I just want to add one last thing in. And I forgot to, um, citizen review boards are needed, are needed. Because citizens involved in the way that our cities are run are needed, right? But then also, just to challenge that, not just on the way it is, we need to go back and change legislation. So, current legislation, so it sustains a weighted citizen review board not just a group of fun-loving people that come together and then put in suggestions to the police, policing, but to go back and draft legislation that says that this citizen review board has weight, has authority to fire, has authority to sanction, to subpoena, to do all of these things, it has to be spelled out clear as day. And that takes the power out of these union's hands and puts the power back in the hands of the people. Right. Then they'll 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 feel, you know, they'll feel the change coming. Right. And they won't be able to hide behind all these decades of propaganda.
1: Thank you. That's great. Do you have any last words before we close it out today that you want to empower people or suggest people do things or just some words of wisdom?
0: Have a diverse group of people that will tell you the truth. Right. Step into leadership roles. But when you in those roles, and this is the common person, we don't have a ruling class for the people by the people, right? Um, but make sure you don't surround yourself with uh, sycophants, just the echo chamber. You want someone to challenge your views, because if it crumbles, then it, it's not good for you. But if it, it it holds weight, or if it crumbles a little bit and you can fill it, fortify it with something righteous, then then you're moving in the right direction. Right, just get a good group of diverse people who love and will challenge you to do your best, and get involved. And that's really it. And understand that everybody's not going to agree with you, right? But as long as they work with you, right, that that is the point. That's the point of that is the point of community, right? And and thank you for having me here today, Heather.
1: Well, thank you um, so much for being it. here. It's been great talking to you.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I tried to edit myself a bit because I'm a little bit chatty.
1: <laughs> it's OK. We We went a few minutes over, but it's perfect. What we did was great. Thank you so much. <laughs> To my listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. You heard what the lady said. Get out there and get involved and do something. That's the most important thing, that we need to change things. We cannot have one more death on our watch. And we have to get together and make things different because they won't change on their own. There is no pendulum that swings towards justice. We have to force that pendulum to swing towards the society we want. That's why I always end the show by saying the future is yours to create. Go out there and create it.